0: Girls Who Product tells the stories of amazing women to inspire others to follow their path in the product area. This project is supported by Zalando. Welcome back to the Girls Who Product series. It's a series of interviews with ladies in product management. And today we have joining us directly from Berlin, Lauren McKinley. Lauren is a senior product manager at Zalando who really knows how to sharpen up your look. Welcome, Lauren.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Before we actually start talking about this whole product management thing, uh, I want to ask you how a girl from Scotland who actually studied product and furniture design ended up in product management working in the capital of Germany. How did it happen?
1: That's a very good question. One that um, I couldn't answer very straightforward myself. Um, In terms of Berlin, very simple. I came for love and I'm still here. Um, Everything's lovely like that. And in terms of, yeah, product management, it's a crazy thing. I didn't know that it existed uh, until, I don't know, maybe like five years ago or something. So my background is product and furniture design, which is very similar to like industrial design used to be, very close to like architecture and all that kind of stuff um and i more or less fell into that as well i uh, went to normal school um but it was very strong in arts and crafts um, i fell into that i i think i was one of the first people in my school to like demand portfolio art as its own um <laughs> as its own subject um and i had really great teachers there who were very adamant to get good people into good art schools because art schools were very hard to get into especially Scottish art schools, if you were Scottish at the time, were quite hard to get into because they wanted to have a lot more like uh, diversity in the schools so yeah I had very strong people behind me who pushed me kind of into art, into university and uh, in art school you generally do a foundation year which is just you try a bunch of everything and then you specify into what you want and uh, I actually found furniture and product design at a different school I was already attending uh, a school in Dundee for art and then I found this uh, this new course in Edinburgh and I applied to see if I could get in and I did and it just went from there really um, and I think being from Scotland you have people like um, Charles Rennie Macintosh which is just like all around you, all this wallpaper, all this furniture, all this like history so yeah it was very easy to fall into for me and I just kept going I would say. <laughs>
0: Well, afterwards, as far as I know, you've tried different professions, different jobs, from a copywriter to a designer. And to be honest, it seemed to me that you were really trying to understand who you were and what you wanted to do with your life. And nowadays, lots of people go through the same things. So what do you think it means not to know who you are?
1: Mm, That's a really big question. Um, I mean, I... I can for sure relate to it um not in terms of um not knowing exactly who you are but more or less especially uh, personally having the confidence to just be like no I want this and saying it to yourself and not thinking oh but I don't know enough about it and no one's going to expect someone like me to join or I don't have the experience they're looking for yada yada um yeah I think that's the big part like um, Not being sure of yourself is one part of it, but really knowing what you're passionate about when you find it, even if it's small things that you start to build a bigger picture. uh, That's, I would say, the most important thing into finding uh, yourself and your area for work, especially when you kind of fall into something as broad as product management, I would say.
0: Are there any techniques of actually finding yourself and gaining this confidence?
1: I mean, personally, it came from time for me and just getting the experience of all different places. Um, When I came to Berlin, I had to learn the language a little bit, but apart from that, I just went into startups and was like, hey, (laughs) I have this experience. What about this job? Hey, I have this experience and slowly worked my way up through the ranks in startups and, and met really great people that way. I think that's the other thing. You talk to so many people in startups who have super fascinating backgrounds, nothing like yours. And you start to put things together and be like, huh, yeah, actually, there's no right or wrong way to end up here. Um, you just got to try it and meet people who believe in you. Um, yeah, that's, that's super important.
0: Well, nowadays, you are a senior product manager at Outfit's team. Can you explain what your guys are actually doing out there?
1: Yeah, work- I've been working in the Outfit's team since uh, February last year. Um, before that other teams in Zalando. But um, we're really passionate about um, how people think of outfits. So obviously Zalando sells clothing and apparel, but I think this is a, um, it's not easy for everyone to put an outfit together. It's not easy for everyone to know that the thing they just saw online, which is nothing they can touch or feel, especially how do they put it together? And how do they relate to something they can't touch, or a person they don't know that's wearing something that they like? So we're trying to explore and solve that area of outfits for people. How can they relate to the kind of people they see? How do they relate to the clothing? How can they? How can we recommend things to them that uh, is based on something we know they like or they want to explore? And also, how can we help build? confidence in our customers so that they can own their outfit building themselves.
0: How could you build that confidence in the person whom you've never met in your life?
1: We're in the very early stages of exploring a lot of this, I would say, but um, if you think of it in a way of um, learning apps, if you're learning a language and you have like language apps that you can download on your phone and take tests and slowly but surely feel comfortable in something, I think we're kind of asking ourselves, why can't fashion and outfits be like that? You, you see people in the streets and you think, yeah, I want to be like them or I like their style, but I don't know how to get there. And there's no one to show you. You have friends, you have family. Everyone has their own way of doing things. But we're really interested in how can industry inspire you and advise you and help you learn and grow?
0: Talking about inspiration and um, being fashionable, since you're working very close with the um, fashion industry, do you think that your personal taste in fashion has changed once you joined the Ah,
1: uh, Sure, but about a hundred times. <laughs> I think, um, I definitely notice, um, well for one, Berlin has its own style, and um, uh, even you know probably people dress different as well but I, I for sure dress a bit different here than I do when I go home to Scotland or when I visit London or whatever um, and the same goes for all the different teams I've worked with I think you kind of rub off on each other a little bit um, and yeah I think uh, our team is now Last year we were about, I don't know, 20 people, and this year we're uh, close to 40 or 50. And so there's even more people to um, look at and get inspiration from. So yeah, for sure, it changes all the time. And there's always someone walking around the office, and you're just like, who is this person? Well, what are they wearing? Tell me more about them.
0: Well, since you work in the outfits team, does it happen to you guys that sometimes you see someone coming to work? Um, wearing not really matching pieces. Are you guys making fun out of each other because of
1: that? No, of course not. No, no, we're just like everybody else. I think we get that a little bit in the company, like, oh, it's outfit team, tell me what I'm wearing. I mean, we're a really diverse team. We have uh, engineers, we have data scientists, we have commercial people, product people, designers, analysts. So, you know, we're not all, none of us graduated fashion school, put it that way. <laughs>
0: And what is your personal criteria nowadays for choosing clothes? Is it quality? Is it the textile? The price?
1: I think um, I think it's really uh, important now to start thinking about longevity of clothing. Um, sustainability in general is a huge topic. And obviously it's a land we're working towards being more sustainable as a company and it reminds us the clothing that we uh, um, offer to people. But uh, for me personally, at least in that, I try to buy things and think about things that I know will last that I know um they're not necessarily trend pieces or fashion pieces but more like things that I will keep on me for years and I can always pull out the same thing um because you you see what I think people that work in any kind of e-commerce will see it once you see it from the other side it's just you think about it all the time and you think about it a bit differently so yeah definitely longevity and uh, not rushing into any decisions just because it's cheap right now or, ooh, that's really nice and new, yeah.
0: Since Zelando operates in different countries in Europe, which culturally are quite different from each other, do you see some radical differences in the fashion taste among these countries where Zelando actually operates?
1: Yeah, for sure. There's um, We work um, a lot with um, influencers and um, uh, and within that even there's kind of uh, how would you say like subsections of influencers that we work with so there's for sure styles that are and people that are universal or more universal and more people can just relate to them but we've also seen that um, certain markets have a much stronger taste in xyz and we want to tailor to that so uh, I know that our team's Uh, in the commercial side work with a lot more um, local influencers, let's call them, because we want any customer that comes onto the Lando to be represented. And the more we understand about their culture and their fashion senses, the more we can um, make more relatable people prominent to them. So we're also interested in making sure that that's um, something we can deliver on.
0: So one of the methods is finding the influencers from the area who will try to bridge you with the people
1: there's um i mean it's not something that my team necessarily does but we're really lucky to have stakeholders who work in this area um, and they tell us a lot and they also help us understand um that side of things because i as a product manager i, I need this information um but i it's, it's not my uh strong point or strong suit let's say so it's really great from my side that i i can work on and um, creating products for people while also being um, kept up to date and really educated on how this side of the world works, how influencer marketing works, um, all this kind of thing that feeds into how our users understand what they're doing and how they use different platforms to educate themselves and to experience and enjoy fashion. So, yeah, there's a huge network of different stakeholders I work with that really help to sharpen that for our team.
0: A famous American journalist, Larry King, um, I don't know if you've heard about him, but he used to have a live show, Larry King Live on CNN. So he told many times that um, the best skill we all can have is actually know how to listen. So he said, you cannot be successful in your life without knowing how to listen and how to hear other people. As a product manager, you you work with a lot of stakeholders, how important is it for you to know how to listen to other people around you?
1: One of the most important things you can do. Um, I think uh, with stakeholders, with people in your team, with users, um, really un- really listening to what they're saying and understanding that um, people have different objectives, people have different understandings and directions and it's your job to understand part of that Um, and the more you can understand that the better an answer you'll come to. I mean we all know this kind of like why why five whys you know you you someone says something and you go oh it's interesting why is that and why is that and why is that but it's it is really important because people um people want to help so even if a stakeholder comes to you with a suggestion they're only trying to help get to somewhere quicker, easier with you, but they might be just just seeing it in one way. Whereas if you work with it together, you can see the whole um, aspect of what it is they're really looking for and why it's important and what the purpose of whatever they're requesting is. So I think it's super important to listen and to understand and have a lot of empathy for people. Um, because ultimately, you're, you're, you're helping someone, whether it's someone inside the company or a customer, to experience something.
0: Is it something that comes to you naturally or you train it? Because from my experience, I feel that sometimes my mind is just running away from me and just thinking about the dinner, a new price for the shoes, uh, and you have to call my mom, uh, I have to go to bed before midnight, you know, all of these little things that trick your mind and get you distracted. How do you train
1: that? A lot of it for me is just uh, comes naturally. Um, My my, uh, teammates and uh, very nice people I work with tell me that my empathy is super high and super poor. And it's always something people say like, oh, she's so understanding and blah, blah, blah. So I can say that at least for me, it comes a bit more naturally than others. But for sure, you still have to train it and you have to make sure you're attentive and split your time as well as you can and ask yourself, is me being here whether it's a meeting or a face-to-face conversation with someone in your team or whatever is me being here and listening to this the best thing i can do for this purpose or should i should i set up a different thing is it important that there's more people to talk whatever this subject is through um but it's uh, it's definitely difficult because you want to be or i want to be switched on all the time i want to do as much as i can all the time but um Ultimately, you've got to ask if it's the best thing for every situation. And sometimes uh, you can be super involved in one area and know that you're really helping and and driving something that's going to uh, create a lot of um, impact. And other times you have to remove yourself from the situation and think there's someone better to answer this or you don't need me right now or maybe in the next iteration it's already good enough for me to um, be involved. But I think that also takes a bit of uh, training of your... Um, discipline and your ego because you're not the most important part you can't solve everything you know so but even if you just genuinely want to help
0: (laughs) unfortunately not so many people
1: know about that well do you remember your first customer interview I do remember um I um I think it's probably four or five years ago now probably four um we were looking into specifically the UK market um, and I was luckily to get chosen as a UK native to go over and talk to my people Um, so uh, that was very interesting for me so um, I got all the training I got a lot of great people who work here to kind of help us understand how to get the best out of people for people how to understand people how to uh, how to stay neutral how to uh, do all these kind of things. So I do remember, I remember I went to, was it Nottingham? I I think I went to Nottingham in the UK. We went to our customers' houses, which was great because I think one of the most important things, if you can interview someone at their home or in their usual environment, that's the best you can get from someone because they feel at ease and they can really show you, what they would be doing or thinking, you know, if they're sitting on their couch on a tablet at night browsing, they can t- really talk you through it and you can imagine it and they can imagine it. Um, so yeah, that was probably one of my first user interviews um, and it was great. I went with a small group of people, some more experienced than others. Um, it's really nice to come face to face with the people who are using your product and also um, always a challenge to, uh, keep your poker face on when you see some really interesting things and people use products in crazy ways that you would never even have dreamt of. Um and so it, it's really fun, yeah.
0: Can you remember any embarrassing situation that happened during this interview is like something that you left the interview and was like, oh
1: damn I mean, I I remember only recent I remember recently, um being really eager. So not in one of my first interviews and in a more recent interview. So something I'm more experienced in and it just being super early in the morning and uh, I was half asleep and I really wanted it to go well. And it was the first interview we'd done off this new discovery. And um, I, I barely talked to the poor woman before I was like showing her the phone. And then afterwards, I was like, why did I do that? I just got so ahead of myself, you know? And I think that's, uh, I felt really like, oh, afterwards, you can't really, you can't make that up. You know, you have to take the time to make someone comfortable at first, find out about themselves, what makes them tick, tell them about you or why you're doing something, explain, you know, explain that everything you're about to do, there's no right or wrong. It's just, you want to hear their honest opinion of something. No one's going to judge them. So I think that one time I was really like, it was just too early in the morning for me and I stuffed up right away but I made it up after that
0: so what is your golden secret of a successful conversation with a user
1: it's a difficult to pinpoint there's probably a few things Um really listening like we talked about before just really observing and um, being interested in what they say and just inquisitive just being inquisitive to why they did it you know like Everything they do is something new to learn from. Um, but I would say sometimes uh, the awkwardness is the best thing you can do. So sometimes leaving an awkward silence a little bit too long um, so that people begin to talk more than they normally would. It's like a normal conversation. Um, the, the awkward silence needs filled. And usually you get some really interesting insights from people when they feel like, oh, I should say something now. They want me to talk more. Um yeah, that can be really interesting.
0: How do you relax after long working days?
1: Mm, it's hard. I'm not I'm not the best person at relaxing. Um I am, like I said, uh it's hard to switch off at night. Um I try and uh one thing I always do is walk. In Berlin I'm quite lucky that I can, you know, get a tram somewhat close to home and then just walk, I think, or cycle if it's good weather or whatever, but always having this little bit of time to distance you at work from you at home and um, not that you're completely different people you know but this 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 time you need to really separate Um because at least for me i i can go home at night and go on e-commerce and shop for myself and it's very hard not to go oh that's interesting i should take that to work tomorrow or i should show this to someone because it relates to this project and being able to really tie yourself down to like no that's you know Lauren, nine o'clock tomorrow's problem right now. Don't, don't think about her. Um, and just being around friends and family and uh, talking crazy stuff. You want to talk, watching crazy TV you want to watch, going out, um, experiencing new restaurants and this kind of thing. I mean, I really like a lot of aspects of living in a big city. There's always something to do. But I personally find after, I don't know, six weeks, eight weeks, I need a, a weekend or a day at least just out somewhere different to kind of feel a bit closer to nature or whatever you want to call it. But yeah.
0: And if you could explain what is product management to a three-year-old kid, how would you do that?
1: <laughs> That's a good yes. question. I mean, I, I, I do think that, um, when I was at university that um, I heard this uh, this kind of ethos of um, form follows function and that's always what you had to think of like you don't make something beautiful and then hope that someone uses it you build something that has a purpose and then you think about the aesthetics and the um, the kind of be- the beautiful aspect of it the the part that people go oh that's nice or I want to use that again so I think that in general I would say that I help understand problems and help build great solutions I mean that's very I don't know static sounding or whatever but ultimately I think that's what it is you have to be geared up to ask yourself is it worth building this thing is this a big problem is this a legitimate thing that people want or, or a need for something that they want And then asking yourself, okay, I can, like, there's a difference between building a product and building a great product, right, or one that's successful. So um, I think it's just about creating something from a need and really something that people want to use in their life.
0: And as for the woman, is it difficult for you to work in this still male-dominated kind of profession because, frankly speaking, you work with lots of developers and well, I bet that most of them are are men.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't be wrong. I mean, um, there's certainly aspects that have got way, way better in the last, I don't know, five, six years that I've been really involved in e-commerce especially, but um, uh i personally am a very strong there now and i don't really take it i i kind of know how to say something where to say it i feel confident in a lot of rooms and situations being the person that speaks up if no one's going to do it but finding the right words to say it so i personally feel um okay in that situation and i feel that well, maybe if, if, if any of my team listen to this, they can let me know. But I feel like um, we respect each other. And uh, especially uh, there's a lot of women in my team who everyone respects. I respect them as well. Um, I think that's key to it. But wh- one thing I do see is younger women. And I think that's that's still like a pain point for me. Like I, I just want to make sure that their voices heard, that they know that, just because someone speaking a room doesn't mean that they know the most. Um, and to always challenge something if they think they know best or if they can add something to the conversation, they're within their right to do it. Um, so that's important to me. And giving women platform to do really cool things is something I like. And my last lead was a woman, and she was always pushing us to why can't you do it? Of course you can do it, try it. I know someone that can connect you to this. You should present to this many people, you should you know I think that's really important that we encourage each other, and that I don't know men especially uh, learn to read a room <laughs> and understand that this exists so um yeah, I'm sure we're a far way off perfection, but um I, I feel at least uh, I know my uh, strength and I can um know how to make my way and i just want to make it easier for some younger women if i can
0: yeah off record you've mentioned that uh, one of the most important things that you've learned while being a product manager is not being afraid asking stupid questions in the meeting room how scary it should be to do that
1: i mean it always depends on the meeting room and who's in the meeting room um but from my experience uh as long as you are positive as long as you are helping towards the solution and not taking away from something then people are genuinely interested in hearing something you're an expert on that's why you're in the room in the first place you are there to participate you're there to add to the conversation and if someone isn't already addressing you and asking you a question that's and and you're invited to that meeting then that's probably a problem already you know that attendance and meeting culture is a whole other thing i don't want to get too into meeting culture because it's you know it can be a mess but um if if you are supposed to attend something then you're needed and you have a view and you're an expert then of course share it it takes practice to find your voice and to know yourself but um practice makes perfect you've got to put yourself out there i think we're coming
0: to an end of interview, so I would ask you to give a small piece of advice for ladies, for young ladies, who want to try to get into the product profession but are afraid to do so or don't have enough of information on how to get into there.
1: I mean, if, you, if you're if you looking for information, I think one of the best things you can do is just talk to other women who have been in a similar situation. Find meetups. find... Talks, find social events afterwards, um, um, conferences, free conferences, whatever you can find. Because I think that um, once you can get over the kind of initial introduction and this is me and blah, 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 like everyone has a story to tell. And um, I've met tons of really interesting women from all different backgrounds. um, And I would say now looking back, that's a really good thing to do. Something I never did because I never knew about it. And I also felt, like, very introverted and too scared to go into these kind of meetups or these kind of, you know, and talk to people and, oh, my God, who am I and who are they? They don't want to talk to me. People are just interested, genuinely, to hear, yeah, if, I, if people can help, they want to help. Um, but, yeah, I would say that. And otherwise, read, read, read. I mean, it's, it's – <laughs> read. I mean, I don't even read as much as I want to. There's tons of blogs out there. There's tons of um, – podcasts like yourself there's lots out there to just inform yourself and really there's no harm in applying for anything if you don't think your background's exactly what they're looking for apply anyway go and talk to them because you know there's people like me and all types of people who interview people at jobs and just because like just because a uh, ad says must have six years experience that doesn't mean that's that's the only thing people are going to accept just try i think that's the main thing just try you feel confident in yourself if, if and when you can.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for the encouraging advice. We are almost at the finish. And as a cherry on top of the cake. I have a set of these or that type of questions. So it's uh, you're basically out of two options, you need to choose one. Uh, I have 10 of them. Are you ready to start? Sure, honey. So Scottish haggis or German pretzel?
1: Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I go for Scottish Haggis because it was just Burns Night the other day. A simple
0: question or a simple answer?
1: (sighs) Simple question.
0: A text or a voice?
1: Um, A voice.
0: A busy city or a still countryside?
1: Still countryside a hundred times.
0: Creating the new or reinventing the old?
1: Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Hmm. I think reinventing the old can be creating the new. So I think they're both the same thing.
0: <laughs> Checkout team or an outfits
1: team? Oh, I could never choose between my team. Um, all my people have been so lovely to work with and I've learned such different parts of product management from both of them. Um, I couldn't possibly choose.
0: I love you guys all. I let you cheat this time. So a fast growing startup or a stagnant corporation?
1: Oh, fast-growing
0: startup. Atheism or agnosticism?
1: Oh, agnosticism, probably. The sun or the moon? Oh, the sun. A Scottish person doesn't see the sun very much. It's very important to us.
0: And the last one, a white lie or a black truth? Oh, a little white lie is okay. Thank you for listening. We just had joining us Lauren McKinley. Stay tuned.